0: Welcome back to the HubScale podcast, where we dive into the minds of security leaders all around the world. This week, I'm joined by Robert Johnston, the CEO of AdLumen. I'm looking forward to diving into multiple topics today. It's great to have you on, Robert.
1: Great. Thanks for having me, Elliot. No problem. No
0: problem at all. So for everybody listening, it'd be great to give a quick introduction to yourself.
1: Yeah, my name is uh, Robert Johnston. I'm the CEO here at AdLumen you know, AdLumen is a, a command center for security operations built specifically for uh, the channel. So we uh, we deliver a variety of software-only solutions and manage security products uh, to our, our channel customers. And it ranges everything from managed detection and response to scene, SOAR, and security analytics to, you know, fully managed patching and scanning and security awareness training. So a full spectrum of software and then managed security products delivered through one cost efficient, easy to use and simple to integrate SaaS application.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, really exciting. We've been doing uh, quite a lot of research on on you guys over the past uh, couple of weeks since uh, booking in this podcast. But I guess just sticking to Adalumin just for a moment, um, just tell me more about the vision of the company. What, what do you really want to achieve?
1: Yeah, so we feel and, and we know now at, at this point that there needed to be a leader in consolidation in in the security operations sector. Like, especially when it came to the middle market or small to medium businesses, there is a longing both with partners in the channel, so value added resellers, uh, resellers, software integrators, distributors, managed service providers, they want one vendor to go to and they want one vendor to go to in order to uh, decrease complexity decrease multi-vendor spend, and make security extremely convenient, right? And so that was the thesis, was that, hey, we're going to bring uh, and and really unify uh, software-only security operation solutions and, uh, you know, and manage security security operation solutions like managed detection response or managed patching or security, managed security awareness training, right? We're going to we're going to unify those into, into a single SaaS application and be that consolidation vendor, that leading consolidation vendor uh, around the world in the channel.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. And you touched on a couple of the topics we're going to dive into today about the consolidation and things like that. So I'm, I'm sure we can dive into that in a moment. But I want to take it take it right back, Robert. So obviously, you you spent a lot of time in Marine Corps and, uh, and things like that throughout your early days. I'd love to know. How, number one, from the early days, how have you kind of built that that kind of traction and become the CEO of a company, but also how has that helped you becoming a CEO of a company as well?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I, I went to the Naval Academy here in the United States and was always interested in computer science and then went into the Marine Corps. I spent eight years in the Marines as, as a Marine officer in communications. You know, I, I think from a technical perspective, the Marine Corps, didn't, is not like a, a, a big helper, right. But it really helps you, I think, prepare a lot for the CEO position, certainly from a leadership perspective and just, you know, leadership, crisis management, um, you know, st- stress management, being a decision maker, one of the unique things about, I think, being a young, a young officer as you're 22 years old or 21 years old, and you, you come into the Marine Corps and they spend a lot of time uh, training and developing you from uh, a leadership perspective to make sure you're ready to take command, and take control of things. Uh, and so at 22 years old, you know, I entered the Marine Corps and I was responsible for uh, and led a, an organization of 60, you know, 65 people about at, at 22. And then, you know, a lot of those people were much older than I was and much more experienced than I was. And and uh, had a lot more expertise in in certain areas than, than, than I was at 22, but I'm still in charge. Right. And so it, it builds a a kind of personality that I think is ready for, you know, leadership as a CEO, whereas the CEO, I'm not, you know, necessarily the go-to-market leader. I'm not the CRO. I'm not the CMO. I'm not the CFO. Right. But, you know, I know enough about those areas in order to move bits and pieces around in order to make the whole system work, right? Uh, to make the whole company move in, in the right direction and lead that that company in, in a specific direction and unify all the different verticals. And so I, I do think the Marine Corps helped from that perspective, you know, not not everyone at 22 gets to be in charge of 65 people, a lot of them much older than they are, right? Like it's a it's a unique experience and one that I think the uh, you know the military does provide its its junior officers is that that instrumental leadership leadership experience and training.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's really cool. And that twenty two leading leading a, a large team of sixty five people, I can imagine that came with its uh, with its own challenges as well. But I want to dive into just a, a part you mentioned there about the the early days. And when the Marine Corps kind of drove the leadership within you, what was the main key points that you learned from them early days?
1: Yeah, it's it's really the Marine Corps definitely focuses on combat leadership. And so it's it is unique. The the Marine Corps is a unique organization in that every officer will go through the same initial schools. So we're all trained the same way. And and the first school you'll go to is six months long. It is you know, a grueling course in, in infantry tactics, right? They're teaching you how to command and control troops on the battlefield and, uh, you know, run attacks and set up defenses and, you know, run ambushes, like just the blocking and tackling of kind of infantry tactics. And it doesn't matter if you're a comptroller who runs finance, if you're a pilot that flies jets, a communicator or an infantry officer, like everyone goes through, those that exact same training set and and although the kind of theme of it is infantry tactics uh, you know how to be a rifle platoon commander they call it how to be in charge of a marine corps rifle platoon um which is the smallest unit an officer will will lead um and uh even though you know that is the theme the, the the really the message we're trying to get across is leadership right how to make decisions. They have a famous uh, kind of saying there, I think, at the Marine Corps. You know, they say, well, what are you going to do now, Lieutenant? Right. Because you're all lieutenants when you first come in. So they say, what are you going to do now, Lieutenant? Right. And you hear this theme all the time because they put you in little leadership uh, roles where you're leading your peers and you'll reach kind of like a tactical decision point or, or you'll reach a stressful situation. And then the, the the cadre, the people in charge of instruction, will look at you and Be like, what are you doing? What do you, what do you do now, Lieutenant? Right. Where they're trying to push you to make a decision. And I think what you quickly learn is that not every decision you make has to be a hundred percent correct. I think a lot of not my peers, peers who weren't in the military that when everyone's looking at you, like, what are we doing boss? Right. And, and a lot of people without some experience are are afraid to be the guy in the room. That's like, no, we're going to do this. And, and, you know, I think it's going to work. I don't know. And, and I'm ready to face the consequences if it doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that it, it, it definitely helps with that.
0: Yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's inspirational as well. If you actually look at the journey you've had and, and how many people go into the Marine Corps and the Army and things like that within the US and you've you've been through that journey and now a CEO of a company, it's uh it's very inspirational to a lot of people as well. I wanna I want to take it back to you mentioned earlier on about the consolidation, especially with ad lumen. Um I had a podcast recently with uh, with another CEO and we was talking about CISOs have probably 60 to 70 different security tools that they're working with at the same time. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on what the consolidation of the market you are trying to capture and, and kind of alleviate.
1: Yeah, what AdLumen is really trying to alleviate is exactly that, where where the, that problem you just stated is really kind of exasperated in that they have, you know, all these different tools that are in all these different kind of categories of cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is unique in that it's one industry with kind of many categories. And and those categories are really uh uh you know solutions to point problems. There's the endpoint problems, there are network problems, there are email security problems, there are data security problems, there are identity security problems, there are SaaS security problems, right? Cloud service provider problems. So it's like all these different problems, right? Um, where and where you can get attacked and damage can be caused. And and so from that, you end up with a whole bunch of tools that pretty much attack that one problem, right? Um, and there are tools that do try and, and unify all those attack services. But I think where where the failure is, is 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 being able to unify uh those attack services into a software only solution. But in, in the middle market, especially, because there's a talent shortage, there is a huge uh demand for for managed security offerings. You know, people are looking at these problems and they're like, great, patching, you know, you know, that's very time consuming. It's very complex. I only have four guys on my team. I think you use the word CISO very rarely in the middle market does a CISO actually exist, right? He's more of a head of IT or a VP of information technology, you know, VP of information or whatever you want to call it, right? Very rarely do you have security kind of separated from enterprise services or infrastructure, right? It's all it's all just one head of IT and the four the four guys that or gals that work for. Them, right. And so um that makes the problem much worse. Um they they don't have the time, the expertise. I, I think for the most part it's the time. They don't have the time to put into managing all those different layers of security and they can't do it. And so uh, you know, you need to make security less complex, right? You need to decrease the amount of vendors they have to work with, right? And you need to make uh, the unification of software only solutions because not everything is a managed security problem, right? There are lots of software only solutions that are valuable. But then there's that kind of subset that they have really hard complex problems where a managed security solution fits best right? and And that's what Ad Lumen has really done a good job is making that unification extremely convenient. We have the one SaaS application. you can buy your software only solutions like like a uh, scene, uh, log management, uh, VCSO advisor. And then you've got your managed security offerings that are delivered through that same SaaS application that are you know MDR, managed patching, security awareness training, you know things that are time consuming and 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 extremely complex, right? So all of that is delivered from, from our single application, which makes that unification process very convenient. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the consolidation story really resonates. Look at in the enterprise, at Bank of America. Yeah, you know, they can have 70 different products and they can have 70 different teams that just use those 70 different products. I think there are a lot more uh, options at, at that kind of scale. So so this problem will one day also reach the enterprise i think but in in today's terms the enterprise can largely still still handle and manage it um you know all those different tools uh, you know the, the problem right now is is overwhelming the middle market and kind of the enterprise light to middle market and on down
0: yeah no I think I think he's completely right as well. Um even in smaller businesses there's there's huge security threats um so it's just about kind of kind of I want to take it back to to the beginning of Adloom and how did you come up with the idea?
1: Well initially we just wanted to build uh kind of a seam security analytics tool for the, for the middle market. A- at the time, you know this is 5 6 years ago, the seam category was a very enterprise based category, right? Uh and you know, all the tools were, were made for, for big companies. And that's not just from a pricing perspective, it's, it was also just from a complexity perspective, right? Uh, you know, they were hard to configure and hard to get up and running, long integration times. And we wanted to leverage kind of serverless computing to to alleviate that, right? We wanted to leverage serverless computing to say, okay, let's build a very highly automated, you know, low customization, high automation, Security analytics or SIEM tool, right? And so we were just selling that, and then that kind of brought us into the managed security realm. We're like, well, hey, you know, the demand is there. People really want, you know, some components of this under a managed security umbrella. And then that led us down the path of, well, MDR is really a symptom to a larger problem. MDR is is only one managed security product. It's only one widget out of eight widgets that AdLumen sells today. You know, this this problem exists in other areas. It exists in you know routine, time consuming, complex security operations tasks like patching, scanning, you know, automated pen testing, security awareness training. Like these things aren't sexy, right? Uh, you know, they're they're not sexy at all, but they're incredibly necessary, incredibly value value propositions, but they're also time time consuming and complex. And so we said, well, let's take those. That we know to be time consuming and complex, and deliver them as a service through one single SaaS application. So that's where Ad Lumen kind of got to its position today, which is that command center for security operations. And we are that leading command center uh, for security operations in, in component er, in the middle market and in the channel. There's no one else like us.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like a cool journey and the the journey that obviously you've got to now um, scaling um, effectively as well and adding each of these solutions on as you go. I think it's uh, it's quite a testament to, to what you've achieved already um, in the business, Robert. So I guess um, just a, a question with that. Obviously, you've been with Adalumin for six years. And um, what's kind of the biggest challenges you've faced throughout that time, especially focusing on the mid-market area?
1: So one is certainly nailing the go-to-market, right? We in, in the early days you just go kind of try and sell direct. That's what everybody does. And then and then you kind of morph and you kind of hammer down your, your go-to-market strategy. You know, we use a hundred percent channel strategy here. We don't we don't do anything direct and and channel, we we run a full breadth channel operation from distributors, software integrators, value-added resellers, just straight up resellers, managed service providers, you know, the, the whole run the whole gamut, right? Um and Uh, really nailing that go to market and finding in a way from a unit economics perspective that manages reaching a large amount of the middle market very quickly. Uh, And I think we've done a good, good job of that. As CEO, you know, the last couple of years have been hard. I feel like I've, you know, we've had to kind of manage and handle, you know, every single economic shock that, that, uh, you know, has managed to, to land on our front doorstep, everything from managing through COVID to, you know, kind of the market crash and credit tightening to SVB failing, you know? Um, and so all of those things kind of sent ripples through the startup community and, and ripples through everyone's, you know, all industry verticals. And so we've seen, we've seen a lot at this point. So there's not a lot that, that kind of scares me uh, at, at this point in time. Like, oh another, you know, another global crisis to, to add to, you know, all the other global crises that, I've seen over the
0: years. (laughs) Yeah, You're not wrong. It seems to be one thing after another. So I think now it's just, uh, when's the next one coming? That's going to be the question. But no, um, uh, on that point, I'm pretty optimistic for the rest of the the year, uh, just from a lot of the conversations that I have. Um, What's your thoughts on the rest of the year and uh, beyond?
1: Yeah, so I think most people are eyes on the market right now. And I know you live uh, not in the United States. And, and you know, all eyes are on the U.S. market, which in a large part ripples throughout global the global economy as well. And so everyone's looking at our high interest rates. They're looking at credit tightening. All of those things are, are currently going on. And so there's a lot of concern about how that will affect kind of global spend. Um, and, and I do think interest rates are rising throughout the world as well not just in the US the 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 interest rates are, are are tightening and rising everywhere and that will have some effect i think security does tend to be well insulated from those kind of ripple effects at least historically i don't think it's immune no one no one is immune to to economic downturn but security tends to be uh, well insulated against, you know, two adverse uh, outcomes that that would that would kind of come from a recessionary environment. So I, I think most people are optimistic, but everyone is watching cautiously what's going on, right? And and could it take a turn for the worse? Could it not? Could it be a soft landing, hard landing? No one really knows. I think at this point in time, things are looking looking good. You know, looking okay but no one is immune so that that's one of the things i think we're watching over here and I, probably broadly everybody is watching the same thing
0: yeah no no definitely definitely and i, I want to touch on the um because obviously there's everything that happened in the world over the past few years but obviously the market that you're specifically focusing on the mid-market smb and um, some of these companies that you're probably working with um have been hit quite hard, especially through COVID. And now obviously everything that's going on. So how do you, how you're seeing that market specifically and, and how are you helping your customers through this?
1: That market's been incredibly resilient. You know, um, I think it's been really good uh, actually. Um, I've been, I've been surprised by, by the resiliency, not just of the security sector, but of uh, you know, of the, the customers for which we serve in the middle market. I think you're right. You know, for, for the most part, you would, you would expect there to be spending tightening. Um, but the one thing you can't kind of crack down on or, or reduce is your security posture, right? It's really hard to do that. Um, and, you know, the reason it's really hard to do that is because the, the threat just keeps getting worse, right? Every day, you know, the world gets like a little more dangerous in, in, in cyberspace. And so, it's, it's really hard to cut back there um I I do think that a lot of organizations before they cut security they cut other things marketing and hiring and all, all these other things but they don't cut their security they don't reduce it because you really can't because the the consequences of doing that are now very significant uh and so it, it, it's made for a good market and serving you know the channel it's also made for a, a very Kind of profitable endeavor for everybody, even through the hardest of times.
0: Yeah, no, completely, agree. And It sounds like um, you're so right regarding the security aspect of it. I think a few years ago, um, people probably would have dropped security, maybe, maybe long before I was here. But uh, I guess in terms of the the growth that that you want to go on as well uh, with AdLumen, where do you want to go and take the business to? I know obviously you've got big plans and big growth over the past few years, but where does where do we where does Ad, AdLumen in the next five years?
1: Yeah, I think we just keep growing. You know, our business is growing so fast and and things are going so well. It's a very exciting time to be at Ed Lumen and and uh you know that means more more people, more customers, more new markets. We're we're doing very well there. And so things continue to grow extremely quickly. Uh and and you know we're in a great market. It's also a very huge market like the the TAM on on the market is massive and And uh, you know, in the next five years, I, you know, I think we'll we'll be at you know thousands and thousands of customers uh, across the globe. Uh, That's where I see AdLumen scaling to over the next five years.
0: Yeah, no, no. very cool indeed. And uh, I'll be here watching (laughs) watching from the sidelines and rooting for you as well for sure. But. I want to kind of uh, I want to kind of take it back to the the business aspect and a little bit of learnings. I ask these questions quite selfishly sometimes because I'm on my own entrepreneurial journey as I am. So I guess uh how do you scale a business effectively? As a CEO for 6 years, uh, Marine Corps, you've had a really really interesting life. <laughs> I'd love to know a little bit more uh yeah about your kind of journey and your experiences and the learnings you've taken away.
1: Yeah, um you got to nail the go to market is really what it what it comes down to there there are all sorts of different go to market strategies and you just have to make them fit your your end customer who you're trying to, to sell to at the end of the day and so really getting good at that is is everything yeah you need a good product that needs to do its job whatever whatever job it is that that you're trying to that you're trying to complete for for the, the customer but you've got to have an uh, an economic way to bring it to as many of those people as possible, and we use a channel go-to-market strategy here. But there are there are many other go-to-market strategies other than channel. Channel just happens to work for us. You know there are there are plenty of other go-to-market motions uh, that you can leverage, right? And so to scale the business, you you've got to nail that, right? Because every every business at the end of the day just becomes, especially at scale, becomes just one big math problem. Right. It's one big math problem where there are are metrics that you need to hit in order to really say, like, the business will work and it will continue to work the more customers I add. Right. So um, nailing the go to market is arguably, I think, the most important, the important aspect.
0: Yeah. And how how do you do that? Uh, Because that's obviously right at the beginning. I I have a lot of. uh... A lot of co-founders, CEOs on the podcast, and we dive into the detail, uh, early stage finding that product market fit and creating a go-to-market strategy. But how do you actually do that? Because sometimes it's hard to locate. And even hiring, you have to locate the strategy before hiring the right person, because then the whole model changes. So yeah, just tell me, tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yes, I, you know, one is just understanding who the end customer of your product is at the end of the day, who's buying it, and what are they buying, right? Um, and what and what problem are you solving? You always you always got to start with that. Okay, we're solving this problem, and, and this is the buyer, right? And then, and then you're just going to go try and sell to that buyer, right? Uh, and you're probably in the early days, just going to go try and sell to them directly. That's all you're going to do, right? And you're going to find out a lot, but those are the early days, right? Those are the early days trying to nail product market fit. Right, you you do have to nail that first, and once you nail the product market fit, now it's a go to market problem. Right, you have a product that you know the end customer wants to buy. Now you've got a now you've got a go to market problem. Right, and then then you start tackling your go to market problem. Right, and so um, you got to know and understand who your customer is. Right, Mike. If my, uh, my customer is a middle market bank, well, how do I reach, you know tens of thousands of those. I can't go call them all directly. You know, what is my average sales price? Well, my average sales price is X. Well, is that enough for me to do an enterprise sales motion where I'm I'm trying to go one-to-one? You know, if your average sales price is a million dollars, the answer is yeah. You know, you can go one-to-one, right? If your average sales price is, you know, hundred K can't go one-to-one. Right. And so, then you've got to choose different strategies in order in order to get there. Are you going to be product led? You know, product led. Uh, you know, organization where you're kind of doing this free trial to you know uh, a bronze level subscription to a silver to a gold and and, and an upsell motion where you you know your your product led sales motion right. So there, there's all sorts of different choices, but you definitely you got to do the product market fit piece first. So you have an end customer. And then customer gets value from your product and they want to buy. Okay. Well, now how do I what go-to-market motion do I need to use in order to reach as many of those as possible? And there doesn't have to be more than one. You know, you can use product led and channel led, you know, all these different combinations, but you you do have to have a good understanding of how you're going to bring it to market initially to get faster to revenue. And that's all about in startup. And that informs your hiring decision okay, what's the fastest go-to-market to to revenue, right? Well, the fastest go-to-market to to revenue is a channel strategy. Okay, well, now we're in business, right? Now I know I need to go out there and find a channel leader or I need to go out there and find an enterprise sales leader or a product-led marketing, you know, or product marketing leader, uh, you know, and a product-led sales leader, whatever that is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. And you obviously mentioned hiring slightly there as well. How's hiring been for you over the past, uh, since starting the business?
1: It's gone through many iterations. I know you're kind of in the on the people side of the sector. You know uh, now, in today's terms, hiring's contracting across most organizations. Not here at AdLumen, but hiring is certainly contracting. In 2021, that was a different story. There was, you know, uh, hiring people was was far more difficult in 2021. Far more difficult, right? Um, and so it's gone through many kind of phases, um, and 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 many cycles. Right now you're in a tightening. Right there's a you know especially in tech there's a lot of layoffs. Um, you know and and those those are occurring uh, for companies trying to kind of get efficient for the impending kind of recession uh, recessionary environment. And so uh, you know it's 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 easier now because you're not losing as many employees. You're not um, you know there's more talent just on the market now because of those, those layoffs. So, you know, another person's loss is kind of like your gain uh, in, you in, in a lot of ways. So it's right now, I think it's good, but it, it go always goes in cycles. I think you'll end in a boom at some point, maybe a couple of years from now, you know, hiring will be hard again. and you're back to, you know, you're, you're back to uh, a tightening.
0: Yeah, no, no, for sure. It's definitely uh it's definitely a cycle. Um, nobody knows how long that cycle will loop back on itself on, but uh, it's definitely a cycle for sure. But no, no, appreciate the appreciate the insight there. And Robert, no, it's been it's been amazing you having on the podcast. But I, I also want to ask kind of a closing question. Um, it's always pretty interesting because sometimes it's very similar the questions that the answers that we get from this question. But I guess in terms of if you had to head back to the early days of your career, what would advice would you give to yourself?
1: The advice that i would give to myself is definitely focus more on the go-to-market piece that's not something that's something Lumen really had to grow into and nail as well as the product market fit you know in the early days like i was an engineer i just wanted to build things uh, that people would buy and, and so you know i didn't focus as hard on the why i didn't focus as hard on how i was going to bring the why to to customers at the end of the day it's hard sometimes especially you know, maybe your first company and you're 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 in the kind of fog of war and you're just trying to make things work, you know, really spending some good amount of time on that, you know, and being like, this is what's the real problem here and what's the real solution and then how do I bring it to market? Focus a lot on that because that'll make your life a lot easier if you get that right up front or you get just close to right up front too, um, you know. Nailing go to markets, I think, is actually a little easier. Product market fit is certainly the harder component of that, because when it comes to a go-to-market strategy, there's there's only a few that you can really choose from. You don't have like an infinite number of go-to-market strategies, right? There's only a few you can choose from. And, you know, that's it. That's your finite set. But there are infinite numbers of products that can be developed for different problems. So spend spend time on that, real time on that. And then spend time on on, on go to market and be very deliberate about that. And, and you'll be you'll find a way to be successful.
0: Yeah. No, no, absolutely love it. And uh Robert, no, appreciate you coming on the show. I'll be watching Adlumin from the sides as well. And maybe we can do one in a couple of years uh as well as a recap. But no, appreciate you coming up.
1: Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Elliot.
0: Thank you, Robert. Bye.